This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today, this Saturday afternoon, here on American Family Radio. Check out our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is the website, AFR.net. Go there, check it out. Also, you can download the app on your mobile device, on your tablet, whatever kind of uh, device you use, you can download the American Family Radio app. It's free, and once you get the app, you can listen to AFR, and you can listen to this show, Exposing Washington, whenever you would like. You can also go back and catch uh, past shows here uh, on the American Family Radio Network. So a lot of things to offer there with the AFR app. And uh, lastly, you can always visit our website, as I just mentioned. But on our website, we have uh, different podcast pages. And uh, on that on the site, there's an Exposing Washington podcast page. And there each week, uh, <clears throat> uh, each week you will find not only the show where you can listen, but you'll also find various uh, news articles and links to those articles. Uh, that we talk about on the show. So you can go there, click through, read more information about all the topics discussed on the show. A great way to stay informed and know what's going on in our nation's capital. We're going to talk pretty much for the entirety of the show today about this impeachment process that's going on. And we're going to really break it down. And I'm going to explain to you why this entire process has been illegitimate from the get-go, from the beginning, and not just illegitimate from a uh, evidentiary standpoint, meaning th- there's no evidence for the alleged wrongdoings that the Democrats are putting on President Trump, not just illegitimate from that angle, but merely from a process standpoint, merely from a process standpoint, how this process is illegitimate. If we go back three months, maybe a little more, maybe closer to four months, if we go back to when this entire thing started called the impeachment, if we go back, we can remember that Nancy Pelosi immediately that she held a press conference and said that the House of Representatives is opening an impeachment inquiry into President Trump's wrongdoings in regards to his phone call with the Ukrainian president. And so that really kicked off this entire waste of time that it has been. So that was a little over three months ago. And... No one really raised this 
this question that I'm about to raise. Maybe some have, not many though. And that is this issue about whether how this process began in the House of Representatives, whether it was done legally and correct. So instead of having a full House resolution opening an impeachment investigation, which is what has been done in past impeachments, Nancy Pelosi unilaterally decides to open an impeachment inquiry, and then she passes it off to the House Intelligence Committee and then the House Judiciary Committee later on. But what never occurred in this instance What never occurred is a full House resolution authorizing the impeachment investigation into President Trump. Now, did the House end up passing an impeachment, uh, articles of impeachment? Yes, they did. The full House voted and it passed with a party line vote. But to begin it weeks earlier, actually over a month before the impeachment articles were passed in the House, Nancy Pelosi unilaterally opens this investigation. But the investigation was never authorized by the full House, which is what the Constitution calls for. Which means that all of these subpoenas that were issued during that one-month span, roughly, all of those uh, uh, subpoenas were illegitimate. They had no standing. They had no enforcement powers. And so when the Democrats say that President Trump obstructed Congress by not responding to various subpoenas, that is just not true. Because those subpoenas had no force have no, had no law behind them, had no forceful, uh, no force behind them. And so we have, we've had this entire process where it looks from the outside as if President Trump is stonewalling, when in reality, the two committees that were, that were heading up the impeachment inquiry, they had no subpoena power. They had no subpoena power. Why? Because the full House never voted on the impeachment inquiry, Nancy Pelosi unilaterally decided to launch this. So the question is, why did Nancy Pelosi skip this vital step in the entire process? And I think the answer is simple, and that is Nancy Pelosi wanted to rush this through the House and get this taken care of before the heat of the election season, not to mention If Nancy Pelosi would have gone about this the right way and passed a full House resolution authorizing the investigation into President Trump, well, guess what? President Trump would be able to challenge these subpoenas in court. And guess what? That would take months upon months, even over a year, for all of that to play out in the court system. And guess what? It would carry on past November of 2020, past the election season past the possible re-election of Donald Trump. And so my point in all of this uh, stuff, all these details, these in-the-weeds details that most people don't care about, my point in saying all of this is to say 
that the, that the, the motivation by Nancy Pelosi was twofold here. It was, number one, to rush this along, get it out of the way, please her leftist, left, left-wing base, but also it was to basically frame President Trump falsely for obstruction of Congress when in reality he wasn't obstructing anything because their subpoenas had no enforcement power. Moving on into other news out of Washington, D.C. regarding the impeachment, an MSNBC host just this past week even admitted that the impeachment managers really didn't have a strong case against President Trump. Let's listen to clip two. As we are now here with a few hours left and always ready to watch how the evidence unfolds, I do not see an overwhelming case and overwhelming evidence by these Democrats to support convicting on, uh, on obstructing Congress. And I'll tell you why. I was just going to ask you. Well, at the end, and this is important because each of these are independent. Obviously, like any trial, one would be enough. One conviction would be enough. That would potentially remove a president. But on the obstruction of Congress, what the Democrats are arguing is that basically something that began three months before they actually voted to impeach should now be resolved by the removal of the president. And in every other case, including Nixon, we know the rule has been the president is allowed to fight within the law, is allowed to deny and, and yes, quote, defy all the way up and until the Supreme Court, which takes often more than a year. Right. So is there enough evidence to support the immediate removal of a president? Three months and you're gone as a precedent. I haven't seen them land that. I don't see the Democrats having provided enough evidence yet to convict on Article 2. Well, there you have it, folks. Everything I just said was repeated, reiterated by a host on MSNBC. What he said there, it took him a minute to say what it's going to take me 15 seconds to say, but the House Democrats did not go about this the right way in order to give the president due process to defend himself. Thus, there's not enough evidence to remove the president of the United States. That's what he's saying there on MSNBC. But this has gotten little attention. A few people have talked about it, but really not that many. The president's defense attorneys have talked about it, but not many others have spoken to the issue that the subpoenas issued by the House months ago were illegitimate. They were illegitimate, which is why President Trump won in court on uh, uh, not having to uh, make certain executive branch members testify before the House. Moving on here, let's let's play clip four. This is Chuck Schumer. Now, here's the thing, folks. Here's what's interesting. The Democrats are all about asking Republicans, asking conservatives, asking President Trump, will they will they accept the results or the outcome of the election? Will they accept the results of this? Will they accept the results of that? That's what they always ask. That's the remember in 2016 they asked President Trump. Will you accept the outcome of the 2016 election? And President Trump said, I don't know. We'll just have to see how it goes. <laughs> and then they go, oh, President Trump doesn't trust the electoral system. He doesn't trust our democracy. And then here we have these same Democrats saying, basically, they don't trust the U.S. Senate. Let's listen to clip four. So I understand why Leader McConnell and President Trump wanted a very short, incredibly rushed trial. Because the longer it goes on, the more likely 
that new evidence and more new evidence will come out that further implicates the president. Well, there you have it. And what I didn't play there, which it was very lengthy, so I wasn't able to play it all. But there you have in that clip Chuck Schumer, the senator, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority or minority leader, talking about how this is a rushed trial on and on and on, which my question is, you think this system's rushed? You think this process has been rushed? Look at what the House did. <laughs> the, the Senate has spent nine days holding a trial where they're repeating themselves over and over and over again. And it took the House like maybe a few weeks to impeach the president. That was a rushed system. They skipped half of the things necessary to have a legitimate impeachment. The House Democrats did. And then Nancy Pelosi holds on to the articles of impeachment for two months after she called it an urgent matter involving national security, talking about getting President Trump out of the Oval Office. And then Chuck Schumer calls the Senate process rushed. But what wasn't played there was also where where Democrat leaders are already questioning the Senate's process, the Senate process, and the results of this impeachment trial. Now, this show, if you don't know, this show is is recorded. I record this show a day or two uh, before it airs. And so as I'm speaking right now, the Senate trial is still ongoing, but it's looking like that President Trump is going to be acquitted, that this trial is going to end late Friday night, late tonight, early Saturday morning. That's what it's looking like at this point. But Democrat leaders are already questioning whether the Senate process has been legitimate, while at the same time criticizing people like President Trump and others who question the outcome of different processes and results. Democrats questioning the very uh, 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 chamber that they're using to try to impeach President Trump. Another interesting thing is that uh, John Bolton, somehow, some way, John Bolton's, a portion of his book that he's writing, a portion of his book was leaked uh, to the media this past week, and the Democrats have been trying to use uh, this manuscript from the book or this transcript from the book to basically say, look, we told you President Trump is guilty of a quid pro quo, which we'll talk about in a minute, what's wrong with the quid pro quo. But I want you to listen to, so so the Democrats have been uh, basically saying, we need to have John Bolton come in. We need to have John Bolton come in and testify and, and let John Bolton uh, tell us what he knows, basically hailing John Bolton as this, this uh, stalwart of, of truth, this uh, beholder of truth. But let's listen to House Manager Adam Schiff Back in 2005, talking about what he thinks of John Bolton, let's listen, clip one. 
particularly given the history uh, where we've had the politicization of intelligence over WMD, why we would pick someone uh, who the very same uh, issue has been raised repeatedly, and that is John Bolton's politicization of the intelligence he got on Cuba and on other issues. Me, why would we would want someone with that lack of credibility? I can't understand. Well, there you have it. Why we would want someone, he's talking about John Bolton, why would we want someone with that lack of credibility? I do not understand. Fast forward uh, 15 years later, that's the same person with the, quote, lack of credibility that Adam Schiff would like to come testify in order to remove a duly elected president from the Oval Office. And if we want to do a little flashback, let's go back even six years before that in 1999. And I don't have a clip here, but I'm going to read it to you. This is a political article, and I'll post this on our podcast page at AFR.net. The Exposing Washington podcast page at AFR.net. I'll post it there. But this Politico piece talks about how, well, in 1999, Joe Biden argued that the Senate didn't even have to hold a trial. <laughs> I don't know what brought up. Uh, well, let's see. This was during the Clinton impeachment trial. When Joe Biden was discussing the Clinton impeachment, Joe Biden, when he was talking about this back in 1999, when he was a senator, Joe Biden talked about how there was really no need for the Senate to hold this big lengthy trial and call witnesses and evidence. And now Joe Biden, along with every other Democrat, is saying we need witnesses in the Senate. We need witnesses in the Senate. And the, the reality is that we don't need witnesses in the Senate. Do you want to know why we don't need witnesses and more evidence in the Senate? That's because that was the House of Representatives job. It is the job of the House of Representatives to do all the subpoenas, all the evidence, all the witnesses. That's their job. It's not the job of the Senate to redo everything the House was supposed to do. And do you want to know why the House didn't do it? because they were trying to rush through the process. So the House of Representatives rushed through the process, and now they're asking the Senate to clean up their mess. So I agree with Joe Biden here that it's not the responsibility of the Senate to do a retrial or a reinvestigation into the articles of impeachment, it is simply the job of the Senate to either convict or to acquit. That's it. That's it. And it looks like that's exactly what the Senate is going to do, and that is acquit, acquit President Trump. I want to play clip three. And this clip's really going to get into the heart of the entire impeachment matter. This is a uh, <clears throat> lead counsel Jay Sekulow on the Senate floor, on the Senate uh, floor, 
talking about how the goal of the Democrats is purely to obstruct the president's governing ability. Clip three, let's listen. We live in a constitutional republic where you have deep policy concerns and deep differences. That should not be the basis of an impeachment. If the bar of impeachment has now reached that level, then for the, the sake of the republic, the danger that puts not just this body, but our entire constitutional framework in, is unmanageable. Are we going to have every time there's a policy difference of significance or an approach difference of significance about a policy, we're going to start an impeachment proceeding? But, you know, as I said earlier, I don't really think this was about just a phone call. There was a pattern in practice of attempts over a three-year period to not only interfere with the president's capability to govern, which, by the way, they were completely unsuccessful at, just look at the state of where we are as a country, but also interfere with our constitutional framework. Well, there you have it. That's Jay Sekulow, the president's lead attorney, talking about that this effort by the Democrats is twofold. Number one, the number one goal, it appears, is to obstruct and deny the president's governing authority by getting him bogged down in endless investigations and endless accusations. But also, the Democrats have been very successful successful at mangling and shredding our Constitution and the proper processes that our founders set in place and envisioned to ensure a stable democracy, the Democrats are just putting the entire process that our founders set up straight through the shredder. I want to jump back to uh, the Democrats. We have a caucus coming up in Iowa just here, I believe, in a couple of days. And the Democrats are going to have their primary in Iowa, the first uh, primary of, of them all where Democrat voters will pick who they want to be their nominee as president over the next several months. And some have brought up the theory, I guess we could call it a theory at this point, about how the timing of this impeachment has made it to where several Democrat senators who are also running for president, namely Bernie Sanders, and you have Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, maybe one or two more, but you have it to where these Democrat senators, oddly enough, have not been able to campaign in Iowa the past few weeks because of this impeachment trial. But guess who the only one are the, the, the front runner, if you will. Guess which top candidate has been allowed to campaign in Iowa for the past nine days? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. So could it be that the Democrat establishment, if you will, namely Nancy Pelosi and the Clinton cabal, could it be that they planned this entire impeachment sham could it be that Nancy Pelosi held on to the articles of impeachment for two months to make it to where 
Bernie Sanders couldn't be campaigning in Iowa days before the Iowa caucus. I'm just raising the question. Could it be? I mean, what about the timing here? You can't tell me that that timing is not suspicious. As we know, the Clinton cabal, including Pelosi and Schumer and the others, and Obama, they do not want Bernie Sanders winning the Democrat nominee. Because he's a so-called outsider, as much as an outsider can be as as being in Washington, D.C. But for whatever reason, it's clear that the Democrat leadership, they do not want Bernie Sanders winning the primaries. And so I think it's, it's oddly suspicious that Nancy Pelosi schedules all of this impeachment stuff to make it to where Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders can't be in Iowa for the two weeks leading up to the Iowa caucus. But we'll never know if that's the real reason or not. A couple other things I wanted to mention. The uh, Democrats, the past, uh, the last election cycle, or the last presidential election cycle, the Democrats basically rigged their entire process. How, How can you say that, Walker? Well, if you look at the way their primary is set up, Back in 2016, many of the, quote, delegates in the, uh, in the, the, the delegates that voted on who they wanted the nominee to be, many of them ended up uh, being what's called superdelegates. Well, what does that mean? Superdelegates, that means that they're not bound by what their state, uh, what the state voters decided. For example, a superdelegate isn't bound if they're representing a state, the delegates that are, that is, if that state votes for candidate A in the primary, but you're a superdelegate, then you can actually go to the, to the uh, convention and vote for delegate B. So you're not bound by what the, the voters in your state say. And so the superdelegates basically carried Hillary Clinton over the finish line. And if it weren't for the superdelegates, then it would have been a whole lot closer when it comes to Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton in the Democrat primary. Will that happen again? Well, we'll find out in a few months. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw the same crooked process happen again. I'll tell you one thing, no matter who the Democrats pick, their odds against President Trump just aren't looking too good at this point. Exposing Washington American Family Radio, check out our website, AFR.net. You can also download our app, AFR, on your app store. We'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.